And I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. It's July, baby. <laughs> Christmas in July. Woo! Are, what, we, are we at half? Is July. This, this is over half Christmas. It's almost there, yeah. Yeah. Over half Christmas. I don't over think I've ever Christmas. heard that statement before. <laughs> well, it's pretty close to Christmas, so Merry Christmas, guys. Uh, yeah, especially, yeah. With that, <laughs> especially with that intro. Well, I mean, given how upside down this entire year has been going already, why not? Dude, I saw a picture with a bald eagle and a shark in its talons flying. It's probably what really happens nowadays. No, I, I saw the video. You saw the video? I saw the video. So, so we've it got Oscar and we have flying sharks now. Me, actually, it looked really, it was crazy. It, it's the real Sharknado is coming. It doesn't. It, uh, I have Alien Invasion for October for 200. That's in. All right. I, yeah. How about just visit? Does it have to be an invasion? I'm not sure they're going to visit. I think they're going to stop, check everything, and be like, you know what? Get the fuck Good. out. This is ridiculous. Yeah. This is a shit show yeah, here. You might be like, you guys have messed up on your own. We don't want Or maybe they just come to get pork rinds. You know, they're, 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 it's, we're yeah. just a truck stop for them. Uh, so they're just coming by. Uh, they need to get a couple maps. Pork um, rinds and to relieve themselves. Yep. Are, are we kind of a, we're like the Waffle House of, Inner space. Would you say that? That's not. That's not a bad thing to be. Not a bad I thing. Waffle I like Waffle House. <laughs> I don't know. I've been in a Waffle House. Mm -hmm. I yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. The yep. Waffle House. Yes. So, all right. Well, hey. We're the, we're the big bottom. Oh yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We have sponsors. That's right. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. John? Let's start with the coffee because the second one is a good lead into our guest. Ooh. Mm. Always thinking, John. I like it. I like it. I got oh. the old brain cap on today. You got a big brain on Jonathan. Yeah, we have a Golden State. Golden State Roasters. Big shout out to Ross. Ross. One heck of a bass player in his own right, too. Yummy, yummy. Please use the code. Big yes. Bottom. I tried the. Uh, I don't have it here. I already uh, destroyed the uh, Ethiopian blend that you, oh, you did. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, and even did it. Um, did my first round at cold brew using it. Love it. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. It really brought out a lot more flavor in the cold brew, but still the the regular um, roast was just fantastic hot. So. Yeah. It's all of their stuff is good. Uh, GoldenState.coffee is their website. And if you use Big Bottom 15 promo code, you get a discount. So use that. And also it is valid in their store. So if you're in anywhere in Orange County area, they have a, a facility, a poor house uh, over here in uh, Old Town Placentia. So you can walk in and give that code. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, good people. Good people Big there. Five. What's that? Big bottom. bottom one five. Yeah, and little swag. I got I got a cool little tumbler with the uh, you know nice little tumbler. Yeah, and I got it for an extra good deal. So Golden State Coffee, mm -hmm. shout out. All right, and then who's our next one? Next sponsor? Uh, that would be A Designs Audio. <sighs> Beautiful audio hardware. Mm, KGB. KGBs. 
We got the Ready, the Ventura, and uh, yeah, Tony, you've got a Ready. Yeah, I got a Ready, and then uh, I'm gonna mess this up over here. Oh, there's the. Oh, the Pacifica. Pacifica. Mm -hmm. Nice. Ignore the uh, mug on top of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the nice thing is, is Reggie is has been an A Designs artist and consultant and um, the liaisons for them, really, in a way. Yeah, yeah. And um, he talks about the new the the so the regular Ready is that the red version. They're coming out with the Ready Black, which is going to be a limited run. Based after the SBT. What's yeah. that? Based after the SBT, actually. Correct. Yeah, the the red ready is kind of an, a B15-ish. And then mm -hmm. the, the ready black is going to be more of an SBT kind of sound. But, you know, I mean, who hasn't seen a ready in a studio? I mean, it's kind of like it's staple. So yep. it sounds we're, good, man. So thick. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, it, it's, it just makes stuff sound better. And for tons of instrument, it doesn't have to be bass, it can be guitar, keys, we've all used it on a lot of stuff, vocals, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And it's uh, adesignsaudio.com, it's a website. So big shout out, love to Montessi, A Designs crew, these guys are the best. I've never heard a better tube DI. No. Flat out, flat out. I think that when the Ready came out, everybody was trying to emulate the Ready, and they still are. I think that's one of those models and things that that people try to copy. And you know, we in the podcast with Reggie, we talk about copying, and you know, it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, the Ready's still one of the one of the top ones. Nothing sounds for like sure. It. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, and who's our guest? Oh, uh, Reggie Hamilton. Reggie Hamilton. Ooh, yeah. The name that really needs no introduction. No. And just an encyclopedic knowledge of, like, not even just the bass community at large. Just yeah. some of the names he was throwing out for us to check out. Like, we've got a killer list of must-listen to now. He gave yeah. us homework. <laughs> yeah, he, he gave us homework. But we were glad to get it. Oh, so that's yeah. the kind of teacher he is. And afterwards, I got a little homework where I got to practice with a pick. Yep, you've got to, and Steve's got to practice with a pick now. I'm inspired. But talk about, uh, again, just one of the nicest guys and his super knowledge. Super nice, base. super knowledgeable, and like, Whoa. talented too, my the, God. Yeah, the people he's played with, sessions that he's done. I mean, it, if you're not familiar, please just Google Reggie Hamilton bass, just to see the just the, the people he's played with recorded right. with is i mean he's you know, insane it's insane okay. like top insane. yeah one of the best and he's just amazing great player i like that i like that he had the bass and he got to play i was like yeah it sounds so good man yeah and his it's signature bass is pretty too. he's just you know he picks up his boom i mean yeah here yeah and I love his um, his recording advice, you know, how he talks about, because he's, I mean, uh, he's one of the top session guys and really, really informative, really just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you gotta check, if you haven't heard much about him, like you gotta listen now, man. I mean, yeah. just mm -hmm. hear him, 
Because he's low key. I don't think there's a ton of interviews on him. And yeah, and I, I would suggest honestly because of how many recommendations he throws out and things, take notes. Yeah, like this seriously is one of those few interviews I would sit there and take notes just for some of the stuff he's mentioning to yeah. check out yourself. Yeah, it's pretty rad. It's incredible. Yeah, so couldn't couldn't be more thankful to have him on. And and uh, you know at the same time, big shout out to Pete Montesi. He kind of. Peter kind of facilitated this and got oh, us in cool. contact, and that was, you know. And we love Peter, you know. Yeah, big shout out. Uh, how are you guys holding up? You guys doing well? Yeah, we're doing good. Yeah, yeah. Doing great. Cool. Yeah. Anything new? New stuff? New things? I had a great writing session with Mr. Joe Filoni today, and then nice. rehearsal with Terry tomorrow. Nice. I sold Joe a couple amps the other day. He's telling me all about it. We're going to do like a rig rundown with that. Uh, probably when we're waiting for cables from Tsunami. So oh. he's got a whole new rig and it's going to sound really, yeah, he's got a whole new rig he's building. Wow. Uh, so in the dig, dig by Terry's, uh, the material, I wrote this new tune called 14 kisses and, and we're going to introduce Zeke to it tomorrow. So we're pretty, I'm really happy. We're building this record organically, like 60s, 70s, 80s, like slowly doing cool. it we're at. And, and I also have to say that we have new bumper music. So the first 10 was a little thing I came up with. This, the next one is actually John Moody. That's an original. So oh, nice. You, yeah, so what you, you heard on starting with 11 with Murphy Cargus and this going through, you know, 10 episodes, we're gonna, we've got some freaking rad music by our own John Moody. Sounds cool, dude. It. I love it. Man. Yeah. A little fun here and there when we can. That's cool. And then I I did a, a little recording with this. I had a session and I used nice. the, uh, the Roasted Neck uh, SB2. Awesome. And it sounded great, turned out good. And I'm really, I'm liking the combo of Ash, regular Ash body, non-roasted and the Roasted Neck. Nice. I kind of like that combo now. That's where my was, next thing. Where I was very anti-roasted about, you know, a year ago. It's kind of nice to have. Mm -hmm. So, and that's what you're, you have a bass come in like that, right, Tony? I do. I do have, I have a TP5 that's different. This will be my third TP5. Nice. And it's a roasted neck, roasted, you know, roasted maple. Yeah. Uh, with the gloss finish on it. So it's cool. kind of really darker i like the i like the gloss you like the gloss yeah nice. so, and then john, john look at john like yeah who is that again yeah. I, better mousetrap better mousetraps guitars out of um ypsilanti okay yep matt's done some stuff for breaking benjamin and taproot okay oh so, you work with taproot really mm-hmm wow okay yeah so and i've known matt for quite a while so it was just kind of this spring, we we kicked ideas around for a long time, and finally pulled this trigger right into the right early March. Cool. So he's a cool guy. I like hanging out with him. Actually. Matt's very cool. Very cool guy. And so uh, last picture I got, he carved I think the neck profile going into the single cut part of the body. Nice. So it's it's getting close because I know the frets and everything are on. I think it's probably at this point we're getting to hardware. Oh. So. It's already finished, like the finishing on it, or is it does still need to? I think he's probably got to do that, but I'm guessing it's just like 
hand rubbed whatever yeah. Yeah. it's not going to be anything thing because yeah it's just tops a highly figured piece of walnut he found and then it's an ash body so mm -hmm. what's the strength spacing on that i think we went for 19. oh wow very cool steve style i mean that's what i have i mean even on my six and my seven i think are, are 19. big yeah that's awesome man uh, when are they looking to finish it? Uh, you know, I have no idea. Um, okay. I would, I mean, I could guess looking at the pictures and things, maybe end of summer, but I mean. Well, we'll definitely have to show it off on the show. Oh, definitely. For sure. So cool. All right, boys. Well, that was episode 12. Episode 12. We've got 12, guys. Man. Next, Madness. Next week, we're going to be teenagers. Woo! We're going to get into the teenage years. So, yep. all right, who wants to sign off? Someone sign us off. Tony. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody picked me. <laughs> sign us off. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, uh, me, I guess I'm going to sign us off. I guess I'm signing us off. I check out Reggie Hamilton. Thanks Reggie so Hamilton? Reggie Not Hamilton in the Big Bottom. Big Bottom, episode 12. Enjoy it, folks. All right, guys. Hey, welcome Big. to the Big Bottom podcast chat. And we have the very awesome Reggie Hamilton with us today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, thank you for uh, joining, man. And uh, great, uh, great meeting you finally. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. So are you, are you out on the West Coast where I'm at? Where are you at? Yeah, I'm in okay. LA. In LA, yeah, I'm in Orange County. Fine town. Yes, well, LA is a fine town also. And then we have the East Coasters. Right. Yeah, I'm in Boston. If you can't tell by this bad accent, right? Fine town. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Land yeah. of uh, legal seafood. Yeah, yes. It's, everyone knows legal out there. Yeah. <laughs> and John. I'm in the smack in the Midwest in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh, right on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right on. Kalamazoo. What's that, GHS? Yes, sir. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, John is GHS. I've been huh. I've been told that. Yeah, yeah. Mr. So, GHS, right? Yeah. All of us kind of work. Oh, John, we, yeah, we talked um, through email before. Oh yeah, I think we have. Okay. <laughs> yep. Trying to find a particular Steinberger string. Oh right. Mm -hmm. It's not long enough for some reason. Oh well. Oh, Taylor V. Silly Oh, John will find them or make them. So right now we're busy. <laughs> we are yeah. busy. Yeah, it's just probably humping. Yeah. Yeah, we're um yeah, we we luckily from where you know when everything started slowly opening up, I think we got about two months ahead of everybody else in reopening. Smart. In terms of like string companies and things. And it, it while the boss thought, you know, at the onset in March that everything was just gonna grind to a halt, it never did. Luckily everyone's home now yeah yeah everyone's recording doing something buying gear up the wazoo yeah oh yeah well retail sales not just in music but in a lot of things were i mean it's probably like the best quarter that they've ever had amazon i think even had like one of the best quarters you know and i know ever, ever right yeah yeah it's kind of uncanny like you said everybody's home and especially musicians uh you know I think all of us, you know, have been at home recording and 
producing Ugh. stuff more, which is nice, which is fun. I bought a ton of gear. Yeah, I bought a ton of gear. I haven't done, I already have a ton of gear, so I'm Come trying on. not to buy any more. Reggie, more is better. Gear, you know, so. yeah, more, you know is more is better. <laughs> more is more, you know. I, so I what was, have you been doing during this whole time, man? Like, yeah, how yeah. are you dealing with the COVID? Uh, well, after after our touring stopped, I've been home working. I was working on my daughter's record, now I'm working on mine. Nice. You know, which is great. I'm, I'm grateful. And I can send tracks out, mm -hmm. uh, send stuff back east, send stuff wherever. I mean, that's the beauty of, you know, that's the beauty of this technology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the downside of everything is that, you know, people are like this all the time. <laughs> True. But True. but the up but the upside is I can use the same phone to record twenty four ninety six. Yeah. Anywhere in the world. Yeah. You know. It's amazing. Somebody needs a track or something like that. You, we can all do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you get it. You take your time. Maybe you'll drink a little too much the first week because <laughs> you're like nothing's you know. And then all of a sudden this momentum kicks in. You find yourself practicing every day, exercising. Um, going over those lines that you couldn't remember and those those weird scales that you want to know all the inversions of and finding those those little thoughts of tunes that you like maybe sang into voice notes that become like whole compositions things like that you know was, there's a my particular record that i'm working on it's all the tunes i wrote from 86 87 to 96. Ooh. oh dude so nothing is actually new Nice. And there's some of the things I used to do live with friends. Um, there's a one tune I wrote. I had I used um, like 1991. Stanley Clark was going to start a record label, and he had us. We had a band that we put together it was uh, Dennis Chambers, Billy Childs, Mike Miller, Karen Briggs, and myself. And I wrote a couple of tunes for that. And I'd never released them, never really recorded them properly. So now. Now I am. Wow. Uh, There's some orchestral stuff that I had, some funk stuff that I had, you know, some stuff is full horns. So you 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 get into that mode. Mm -hmm. Now is uh, are you uh, when you're going to record these? Are you recording them with kind of like the same arrangements that you had before, or now are you kind of looking at them with more seasoned eyes, saying, you know, maybe I would do this or this instead, something like some that. Some of them have the same arrangements that they had before. They were just never realized you know to tape or to hard drive um there's the one that's uh, there's one called thug funk with uh, with all the horns um i love the name yeah it was the arrangement's the same we just <laughs> added dino saldo did the horn section stuff you know and it's uh, nate morton's playing uh from the voice he's playing drums uh carl burnett on guitar but it's 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 and it's it, the funny thing is uh, Carl and Dino, well, Dino, I think I, I was one of his first gigs in LA, was with my band with Jerry Brown and Billy Childs when I was doing some of my solo gigs. So I figured I would call them. Jerry Brown I haven't seen in years and Billy I'm saving for something else. But yeah, a lot of the arrangements are exactly the same, which is kind of cool. My mm -hmm. ears perked up when you said Dennis. I was like, ooh, my favorite drummer of all time. <laughs> yeah, oh, Dennis is spectacular. I'm trying to get one of his protégés, um, the 
another a great drummer named Lee Pearson. We do Chris Bodie's gig together. So I sent him the drums to see if he could knock it out, if he had time to knock it out. If he doesn't, I'm going to ask a favor from a, another friend that, that usually tries to stay hidden. <laughs> I, I don't want to throw his name out there because it would yeah. just be a, a nightmare for him. But. <laughs> I did a show back with Dennis this fall. And like just during sound check, I was like completely like, oh yeah, yeah, he, he's so much fun to play with, you know. God, it's, it's funny. Effort, how... It's effortless for him. It looks like you know, like what he. Oh yeah, what he does. It's from execution to feel to everything. It's just what he is. <laughs> it's it's amazing. He's he's one of the. One yeah, of the he's greatest. pretty spectacular. Um, I mean, I've got Gary Novak on the record too, and yeah, I mean, yeah, he's crushed, just absolutely crushing. No slouches. <laughs> yeah, I, I love drums and I love guitar, you know. Yeah, for Two me, things. my favorite was uh, was um, what's the live Schofield with Chambers and Granger? That uh, Blue Matter. Well, that yeah, that whole uh, like Pickett's live. Pick was that live. right after Loud Jazz? I it uh, was. Well, I think older. that's both. I think that's before Loud Jazz. Yeah, it, it's just that record and that, for me, that rhythm section, Granger and Chambers was just, I, it blew me away. I mean, I love Schofield, but those two guys were like, it was just mind blowing to me. And that opening riff was just, I, I don't know. It was magic. So for that me, it's period fun. for me is awesome. Just, yeah. I love that period of those guys, you know? Yeah. I, I like the record before that. Um, okay. Electric Outlet, where Schofield's playing bass. Oh, uh, nice. Steve Swallow produced the record. Schofield's playing bass, and um, Steve Jordan is playing drums, and he's okay. got DMX programming. Oh man, there's no keyboards. I think it's Robin Eubanks with Steve Terray on trombone and oh. David Sanborn. Okay, that I gotta check is, that out. Oh, yeah, it's called Electric Outlet. I love that record. I'm I'm gonna Spotify that. It's, 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 it's super for for what it is it's just super raw super organic and it. the bass parts are ridiculous and it's schofield and it's schofield playing bass with a pick Man. with like a boss flanger <laughs> a la a la anthony jackson yeah well it's more like steve i mean he's it's, it's kind of like anthony Swallow. more like steve come okay. somewhere between the two yeah. it actually sounds like it sounds like schofield playing bass i love it it's it's really happening, yeah. you know. That's where um, that's where pick hits came from. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. That's, that's where it came from from that record. That's so good. So it's just raw, and and oh. Steve Jordan is crushing it. Yeah, can't. I mean, yeah, that's amazing. That's just yeah. right around that same time as Eyewitness with Casa Loco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole that era was. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's what Tony was saying. That whole that whole time period, you know, that's Lyle Mays. Yeah. It's a little record. Oh, man. Yeah. Is that, yeah. That, is, that a, is that about the time with the, the early tribal tech, Nomad and Dr. He? Or yeah, that that's a, about that period. Yeah. It's about that, that period. Stuff. And that's, um, let's see. So that's, Joey Heredia played that's Joey. That's, yeah, that's Joey on a lot of that. Yeah. Who's another and, just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, and he's a really good dude. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've met him a couple of times. He's good really people, good yeah. Dude. And uh, what, what was it? Marco Mendoza, the, the Mark, trio. Oh, with Renato. Yeah, with Renato. Yeah. Anyways, Renato, yeah. Renato, that trio's happening. 
it's just happening. So yeah. So yeah. so touring wise, who was um, who were you out on tour with before this whole craziness? Chris Chris Bodie. That was Chris Bodie. Okay. And yeah, you've been it's, it's, with him? it's the gig that never. Uh, yes, yeah, two hundred shows a year. That's awesome. Ooh. Beautiful. Yeah, you know I'm like close to sixty, and uh, my kids are grown. Wow. And the lady's doing whatever she's doing. So I'm. Yeah. That's I gotta awesome. say, you're close to sixty, dude. Yeah. Um, no one would know no it. No way. No way, bro. No way. No way. Life happens, man. You know. Man. <laughs> That's awesome. It happens, you know. What? Um. And then I, I see behind you. You work in Pro Tools. I work in Pro Tools most cool. of the time. Occasionally, what is this? Occasionally, I work in Logic. Okay. Um. Yeah. Like I was. On a couple of the tunes for my daughter, I actually programmed the drums in Logic. Mm. So one track, I tried to sound like Steve Guerin. Nice. I, I, I got pretty close. <laughs> and then another one, I was trying to copy Kurt Buscara because I, um. I mean, he's he's playing. Well, yeah, it's it's a good record. He's playing on my because he's known her since she was born. You know. Yeah. That's She's uncle. She calls him Uncle Kirky. You know. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, yeah, because I've known, like, I've known Novak since, Novak and Kurt, Carl Burnett, I've known since 88 when I moved to LA. Okay. I moved in 87, I met them all in 88. Wow. And, um, Reggie, where are you from originally? New York. Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nice. Yankees, pennant fight. Yeah. Me and Tony have a pennant fight. <laughs> yeah, Boston versus New York, man, all the time, you know, but that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was uh, born in Harlem, then I lived in East Elmhurst. And that's where I started taking bass lessons was East Elmhurst. Um, from Kim Clark, the bass player in Defunct. Oh, wow. Oh, Anderson. wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. He lived a block away from me. Wow. You know, so she knew me since I was a little, little round, roly-poly kid. I had a Vox bass. Oh. My first bass was like, my first bass was a Gibson SG-100 bass with a broken neck. And my mom took it back and they, they ripped her off and gave her some Japanese copy oh. bolt-on, which was really horrible. I turned it into a piccolo bass. It's the oh, first, that's go. when I started working on basses. But uh, I saved up enough money to buy myself a Fender Jazz. But my mother bought me a Vox. So I just gave her the cash, you know, nice. and I played that. And uh, I used to take lessons from Kim studying some mandolin. Mm. And I, I have a ripped up, shredded one here that, yeah. That's the book. That's the book. That is, that's the Bible. For students, page 69 and 70. Oh, yeah. And page 104 and 105. Okay. Yeah. You haven't played through 104 and 105, but with the Boeings from 69 or 70. Oh. Mm. Man. That's Are you still jam. playing a lot of double bass too? Yeah, that's half, that's half, well, actually, it's about 70% of Bodie's gig. Wow. Um, I'm playing upright. So I, I travel with, um, I was traveling with my signature models, mm -hmm. but the bins are getting smaller and smaller in the planes, and I don't like to put it under the plane. Okay. So I bought a couple of headless bases, and um, I didn't want to take my Federa, which is, a lot of guys do that. I'm kind of not into the risk of having a, I don't want to schmooze some chick. Hey, hey girl, how you doing? You mind if I bring my bass on that? Yeah. It's like, hideous. So yeah. <laughs> head, headless, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's Tony. Tony will do that. 
Tony will do that all day. You got, you got it, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. So uh, I bought a couple you of my best line? Can I just share my best line for a second? Right? Yeah. I, you know, if I'm trying to pre-board, I know it's packed, and usually it's like the West Coast, or maybe I'll do a fly out to Texas or something. It's always a popular area, you know? I'd be like, I just got an accident. Uh, you know, I have my base. I'm like, is there any way I can pre-board and, and get on a little bit early? I'm not feeling well. I was rear-ended two days ago. Oh. This is just so I can get on and get in the back, because I always book right. in the back, right? That's the trick. Book for the back of the plane, get the overhead. Boom, overhead, put the buds in. Nighty night. <laughs> Every once in a while, ow, ow, ow. Do you know how many times I've, like, left L.A. that way, gone back to Boston with, like, well, as I understand it, they're not allowed to ask you if um, if there's anyone with a pre-existing condition or that needs to board early. So no, they'll, they'll, they'll just say, "Oh, it's okay. Yeah, sure." Like, it never is rejected. Yeah. Mm. Never. Yeah, they're they're not allowed to even ask you if like if you just were to board early and it's like, "You okay, sir?" It's like, "Yes, I need to board early." Yeah. They're not allowed to ask you what your condition is or anything like that legally. So it's my condition is my going for us. <laughs> Tony's condition is just feel sorry for me and let me on. Let me I just want to get my base. I want to get my level in the overhead. Yeah, yeah. And if you fly Virgin, um, well, just tips and tricks for all you know the base players out there. Uh, they'll you can take a double, so you can take a devil mono. Oh, and mm. put it right on top. Boop. So Reggie, when you're traveling with your double bass, though, are, do you have a? I don't. I travel with a bow, and we rent the bow, and that's it. We go. Borrow. Mm -hmm. There you go. Okay. I, I bring a. I bring a Fishman pickup, and a, a David Gage Realist just in case. I bring a spare bridge. French. Mm -hmm. Spare really? strings, French to death. Okay. All French right. To, French to like mm. die. <laughs> nice. I studied German to learn it, but. Yeah, French. Is. French. Yeah. Got it. Very cool. Yeah, I usually would use uh, German in, in orchestra for just for sectional stuff. But if I ever wanted any more nuance or anything like that, I could always get but so French. much more out of a French. Yeah, it's. It. I mean, it, it varies from guy to guy to guy. Have you seen this guy Christian Branca? No. no. Yeah, you, you want there's there's so many bad dudes out there. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, today. The sky's the limit for the guys that are playing. But Christian Christian plays German bass. Um, I mean, German bow. Mm -hmm. He usually plays. There's a guy that produced a track on him. Um, I can't remember his name right now. I have it in the computer. But okay. I can look for it while I'm talking to you guys. And what was it, um, Christian? Oh, did you say his name is Branca? I think it's Branca. Okay, we'll have but to. You, you'll find him playing. Um, you can find them playing the Bach Badinage, you know. He's killing it. He's killing it. But wow. the guy that he plays with is is a diminutive sort of cat, ridiculous technique. I'll, I'll okay. Here, I'll, I'll look for it while we're talking. While we're chatting. Yeah. <laughs> and then people can see it and hear it. That'd be yeah. nice. But that's interesting. So wherever um, you're able to get double bases, borrow loaners and stuff, wherever you're on dates and. Oh yeah, there's there's well, it's never loaners. It's always a rental. 
Got it. Okay. And um, it's a uh, eighty-five. Eighty-five percent of the time, it's a decent bass. Oh, okay. Right. Five percent of the time, it's spectacular. <laughs> About ten percent of the time, it's nearly unplayable. Yeah. But is that usually regional? Uh, you know, let's say New York, obviously. Or L.A. or, well, not L.A., but... Well, no, L.A., I had a, a beast. You know, it's, I thought it was going to be cool, and Mate sent a bass that was... Because I almost brought my own bass to the gig, but Mate sent a bass that... At, uh, at the end of the fingerboard, the action had to be three inches high. Oh! Was, Jesus. Wow. So you, you, you just yeah. feel. Yeah, yeah. You know. Have you ever checked out any of the uh, convertible double basses, like the like Liberty or? Well, yeah, I've seen some of them, and um, Christian Breaker, that's it. Christian Breaker, okay. Yeah, this guy is ridiculous. Yep. Um, I've I've seen it. I've seen some of them, and they're they're really neat. And I have a I have a Romanian bass with a Wilson pickup that I was going to have, you know, turned into that. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's like the audience is not going to care. True. So, what about like electric upright, like the Steinberger, you know, Steinberger? Not sound? the same. Not quite, sound, sound wise, it doesn't, they don't compare, you know, especially when you're playing with a, a live violinist and having to come up with real orchestral parts, they, they, they don't. Well, it's, also it's, that- It's not as sexy for, Also for that, me. that physicality of having that bout on your body, right? I mean, that's- Right. Mm -hmm. Feeling that 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 you can't get that on electric upright. Like no the Yamaha is pretty good. The new Yamaha looks really good. Okay. Yeah. And it bows nice and, and it sounds nice. I, I've yet to play it, but but from you know I, the stuff I, I saw Kenny Davis playing it, and Kenny's Kenny's a bad dude. Okay. And he he's not going to chintz out on sound, and it sounded yeah. really really good. Yeah, that's the one. Um, Charlie, one of yeah. the men for. Our buddy Charlie Sabatino, I think he plays that and yeah. digs it. Yeah, he likes it a lot. Yeah, that's that's I would I would do that because you can bow that and get a tone and mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, that one sounds close enough that I don't think someone's gonna care. Yeah, but but aesthetically, it's still. Oh yeah, it's still the totally same. Good. Like when you when we're playing some of the straight ahead stuff. Yeah. We play. Um, you don't know what love is. Mm. This tempo. Oh. So. It's you wow. kind of cooking, yeah, yeah. Fresh the air from the instrument on stage because we're not playing super loud on stage. So mm -hmm. all that stuff, blah blah blah. No, no, dude, it, this is the we key. love blah blah blah. We so <laughs> we got to tell Reggie how this whole thing started. This big bottom, <laughs> the, and we're talk, just apologizing to the audience. Girl got exactly, yeah. <laughs> the audience has probably heard this a bunch of times, but we'll we'll tell you like. um Steve, go, oh, John, go ahead. Well, oh, it's my turn now to tell a story. Go, John. John, please. I, I mean, this really just spawned out of a, um, I think, just hanging out at NAM and things like that, and then just carrying it out into a text message and then text, into a group chat. Ah. I last fall, Tony's like, man, we should take this to the on people. The road. Take take this on the road. road. Do a virtual tour. So much industry talk going on. I'm like, this is like content of like Bass Player Magazine and maybe even 
sometimes at times even more detail, you know, right, right. like real meat. And we're like, we need to do something. And then when COVID happened, like, okay, this is appropriate. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it guys. You know? So. Well, nice, nice name choice. Yeah. <laughs> it's it gotta be an homage to, I mean, come on. Derek Smalls. You gotta right. have a look. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's another thing too, is the three of us just, I, don't, I mean, we've all been playing for a long time and we just, we really don't, I don't, I mean, it, stuff is serious, but you know, there's, I don't know. You can't take yourself too seriously, man. You got to have fun. And no, and that's no. why we were all in this God and left. started, you know? So, um, but at the, at the heart of it, we're nerds to the highest degree. I mean, one <laughs> little new piece of gear comes out or, or gossip or whatever. And all three of us are kind of in this industry and we're just, literally just like do you hear this or check this out and that was the impetus for this so it's bad, <laughs> we, it's bad reggie I, I understand that and I you're part that. of it now because well for one you are brother in arms in a designs with us and we uh, are that's what we'll have to talk about the ready black oh dude yes we so so anyway so yeah so the the blah blah is it's bring it on okay <laughs> Speaking of that, I don't know how well you can see this. Let's see. Reggie doesn't know this, but I have it. I'm I've got a custom bass coming. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Matt Kiefer from Better Moss Trap Guitars out of Ypsilanti is doing it. Uh, single cut, five string, thirty-two inch scale. Oh, neato. Yeah, and we're doing uh, Nordstrand big blade pickup in the sweet spot. Okay. All that's going to be on the top is just a switch to go series parallel. That's like my, well, my Federa is kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so Matt was like, you know what? Let me see if there's a clever way I can put a volume knob somewhere in the cavity. Just in case you need it. Uh, oh. What did Rob Allen do? Put it in the. Uh... Yeah. So this is how he's going to do it. Oh, that's inside the cavity? That will be inside the cavity. Oh, nice. And oh. sort of like a. A fat knob on the outside, which you can just kind of touch if you need it, but it doesn't, you're not able no, to see it. It'll, it'll be sideways on the inside. Um, his uh, cavity co covers are all just magnets, mm -hmm. so it's That's easy to great. pop off. So it'll be sideways in there. So if I need to do anything, pop it off real quick, adjust it, ah. slap the thing back on, and we're done. That's cool. I was wondering if you could have a really tight pot so it doesn't accidentally bump and, you know. My, my guess is if we leave the knob off, oh, it's it not going to do anything that way my low end the mid-range cut and boost is on the inside and there's a switch mm -hmm. where i can turn it off or on so i can have it boosted or cut or you know flat obviously nothing happens but it's just inside i set it and i just hit the switch and that kicks up mid-range or cuts it and never moves you need to tell me how that's set because that's one of the best five string j's you ever had that's a good one that's a good one yeah. i love that one yeah that's a good base. What's it set at, Steve? It's barely bumped. Like the mid-range barely bumped. So I just have it, if I hit it, it just, <laughs> because obviously mid-range, if you turn it up too much, you get more gain. So your front of house guy is going to be like, what, what are you doing, dude? You know, if you do hit that. So I just have it a little bit of boost and just gives it a little bit of that, that bump. Anyways, not to derail, but I, I, I like that. It's a cool feature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your bass is going to be nice, John. Reggie, you, I heard you say signature. Tell us about your signature, man. What my, my signature bass? 
Oh, well, it was with Fender for uh, from 2001 to 2015. Yeah. In fact, this is one of them. Let's see. So oh. look at that, guys. I was going to say PJ. Imagine that. Oh, yeah. It was, they sold a, quite a few of them. Oh, the no, they're shop, fantastic. Yeah. The I custom shop things. models, uh, Asymmetrical Neck on the yeah. five-string, uh, Nitrocellulose Lacquer. Ooh. That's uh, 21 frets on a 20-fret body. So the oh. bridge is further in, which gives it a bit more sustain because there's more mass. Um, the P, I, put the, I moved the P somewhere else. Okay. Um, because it's, it became a, a question of like, okay, so I'm going to play just the P bass pickup okay. now. Same harmonics, oh. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bridge pickup. So you, normally when you play a P, you're not going to hear any of that or, or that. Move it no, back a little definitely bit. Definitely not that. Yeah, it's, um, well, I can, the bass has been discontinued. And you're going to find out it's between the 29th and 32nd fret. Interesting. So it has, um, it allows for different harmonics okay. and like groove. Yeah. And still. Yeah. I love great. it. Yeah. Well, and those came in four and five strings, right? Right, and this is from Mexico, so this yeah. is pretty much a stock Mexico one. Which a lot of guys they said, "Well, I can't get a good sound out of it." I'm like, "I don't know why." Yeah. Right, right now, I just have a little bit of the low end boosted, which is what I usually do. Uh, if I'm trying to match the pass, because I can go, I put a new pot in, so I can go fully passive if I want. But if right. I'm trying to match passive to active gain, I'll leave the bass flat. And I'll run maybe the mid range and the treble at maybe minus three. So that's passive. This is active. Oh, wow. So you can't tell yeah. until things start to kick in. You know? Now I've boosted the bass. Like you can dime everything, it'll sound great, which a lot of basses you can't do that. Right. And it's a P with a little bit. It, you're, you still have that traditional, but it's a little modern-ish too. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. The guy. And if I, you know. You can do Jamerson and Marcus all in one. You can do, I mean, you, you can do whatever you want. Now I'm, I'm passive right now, so. So you can do what, you know, the Graham. Yeah. It's, it's a jazz bass. Yeah. But it's, for me, it's four basses in one. I've got a passive P, an active P, passive J, an active J. Yeah. So I didn't have to like take at least three more basses to the studio with me. The, uh, the three of us have a, a love and an affinity for PJs. I mean, mm -hmm. we, there's something about them and, and we all have different versions and a few and it, it's just, at least for me, I find it one of the most versatile setups. It's become a more of a newer love for me. I was yeah. a J-Bass guy forever and like you, Reggie, I have a signature with Lowell and 
I am a fan. Like, if you want that punch, it's not about moving the bridge pickup. I feel it's like you, man. I pull the neck pickup back a little yeah. bit, you know? And oh. that's where you get that quick response, really. Well, it definitely took a lot of work. You know, it's, it's fun, finding that happy place. Uh, I think it was Fred Stewart and Alan Hamill that I worked with initially okay. at Fender. And uh, Mark Hendrick made the original neck. So, so find, finding the right amount of wood in the neck, finding, finding like most guys are ash and maple. I'm, I'm definitely alder rosewood kind of guy. Because nice. you could still get all the brightness that you need, but the, the warmth of everything else is there. Um, yeah, that, that super punch, there's, for me, there's a lot of things. Like when we were talking about mid-range, my, my boost on a mid-range is at 400 cycles, mm. no higher. And it's a, maybe a third of an octave mm. so that it's not like obtrusive. Mm -hmm. My high end is um, 4K. Like for this particular bass and for the circuit, when we first did this circuit, uh, was uh, Michael Frank Braun and I were sitting and voicing the circuit and we ran across this weird anomaly in that when you boosted the low end, the frequency would drop. So oh, if I'm wow. starting at 40, by the time I dime this, my, my center frequency is at 30. Huh. So it's never gets, never gets like woofy. woofy like in that 60 to 120 yeah. cycle area. And the high end, if I'm starting at four, by the time I dime it, I'm really at six. So it stays crystalline. It doesn't, it's not that obtrusive high that kicks you in like 3K. Gotcha. So it, was a, it was a lucky find between everything else that we did, placement and the like. Mm. And for the, initially the, the Mexican version didn't come out quite the way I wanted. I still had to tweak it. I'm, I use stainless steel strings as opposed to nickel. Okay. Mm -hmm. There are definitely tonal issues and how they age and the like that make a difference. And of course, how, how they handle, how they treat the frets. But that made a huge difference in like the combination I use. That's part of what makes the ready special for me and is how it married the, my signature model. That's cool. You know, cause I met Peter in 2003 and uh, I started using the DI right away. He just wanted me to test it. I was taking it right to the studio. <laughs> Yeah, but the 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 punch I get, like I'm I'm going through really tiny speakers right now. Yeah, you know that's pretty much. I'm just I've taken a little bit of the high end off. Hmm. Sounds great. But that's the P-Bass the P -bass punch that Tony's talking about. Um, just the right placement of the jazz bass pickup because it's in 65 jazz bass spacing. It's not like the 74 jazz. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, and it's, yeah it just a lot works. of guys are like, oh, go with the 70s thing. Get like a Marcus thing. I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I found the magic not there. Well, and I was a 70s cool. guy for a while. I mean, it's cool. It's its own thing. But moving that bridge, moving the neck pickup, man, is like... There's the clarity. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because it started in like late, I was talking to uh, Jay Black about it. And he, I guess he came around because in his book, it, it's more what I said than what he said when we were having an argument at Fender. 
said, no, that, that pickup placement was way before that, because I had a 74 Jazz and a 73, and the end of 73, early 74, yep. they were moving the pickup further south. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe some, maybe it might have been an anomaly initially, but I think somebody said I, I wanted it brighter. Yeah. But they weren't expecting a guy like Jocko to come out and start playing. And most guys were playing with it, still playing with a pick back then. Yeah. I, I mean, a, a 70s jazz does this thing. I had a 74, and they sound great for what they are. You know, the ash maple, 13-pound boat, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my 67 is right there, so I, yeah. I still swear by that. You know, I, as much as I like the 70s, I had an 80 jazz factory orange, three-bolt neck, maple fingerboard. I sold to some kid just to get rid of it. Yeah. Mm. It's probably had, worth a lot of money now, but yeah. it was worth had, getting rid of. I've had three, a seven, two 73s and a 74, and I don't have them anymore. I have my 68. Yeah. A, a 72 Jazz is sexy. Yeah. But, like well, 72 but, P bass was. But they have to be the four bolt, not the three bolt. Because those three, the four bolt ones were the good ones. When you're getting into that three bolt era, they start getting a little inconsistent. The four bolts. Well, it, it takes it takes a it takes a minute to find the spot, you know. Like um, yeah. when you had when you had the shim the shim screw, Ooh. like finding that happy place. I, I used to talk with uh, Buzzy Feetin about it. Oh yeah, um, he would he would um, he would shim his neck forward leaning so he could get more low end out. Interesting. Hmm. Oh. oh okay okay. No, it, it would be a little bit chunky, a little bit warmer, things like that. So it's mm -hmm. it's definitely a, the playing style gets accommodated, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. this playing style has to make accommodations for that. But right. it's like, what's more important, your comfort or the tone? It's like the, a lot of those fantastic bass players that have all the super facility that play with these super low strings. Oh, yeah. Some of them, their tone is sacrificed yeah for for their playing and for their technique yeah mm -hmm. that's a you know that's the trade-off yeah i think that's even um much more apparent if you see some of those upright players that have the super low action yes yeah because yeah. i mean that's definitely where you it's a good point a of, like we were talking about moving that air yeah yeah so it's an electronic sound which can yeah. be cool but it's not the same yeah. It's not the same as moving the air. There's a, like when you hear Christian, Christian Breika, yeah. or um, what's that kid's name? Uh, he studied at Curtis. Hmm. Um, he studied with, he studied with, a, what's his name? Um, Xavier Foley. That's his name. Hmm. Okay. Here's this kid play bass. Wow. It's frightening. It's absolutely frightening. Um, oh, yeah. Who's the other guy that was telling you guys to check out? You said Braca? Well, yeah, there's Christian Braca and, uh, oh, Bogoslav Furtok. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Here, let me put this up so everybody can oh. see this. Well, maybe I have to uh, turn the screen down a little bit because it's the, the beauty of uh, oh, the phone thing. Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay, folks so, on floor talk. Okay. Yeah, check check him out because Breka plays in his bass quartet. Oh wow. These guys are mind blowing. It's crazy. Yikes. Yeah. 
I love when like good artists suggest other people, man. That's you know, it's always the best, right? Yeah. I want to hear what other people are being inspired by. Oh, there's there's so many. You guys like uh, Renate Bragimov? You mm. hip to him? No. That's mm. He no. played with the London Symphony. Uh, oh, wow. Russian Russian born bass player. I think he had a stroke, so he'd oh. take an L, but. Check him out playing the Kusevitsky, anything. Mm. He played with LSO for a long time. Mm. And his, I mean, he was playing the Dittersdorf, but his brain, he remembered, he remembered everything. Every piece, he's never playing with music. He knows every piece. And his intonation is perfect. Yeah, yeah Renat Ibragimov. You can check him out as well. I've got to ask you, did you work with uh, Brian Beller over there at Fender? Uh, I knew Brian, but um no we never worked together at fender okay okay you know, but i knew him um i was just i just saw him doing something last night he was doing something for some on reverb I, oh maybe it was a looper pedal or or a delay or a chorus or something i was just watching he's a brilliant bass player great yeah, guy he's great he's, yeah phenomenal yeah no I, I mean i knew tony franklin there but my my relationships with fender were initially with um well, Alex Perez. He's a good buddy of mine. I know oh, Alex. Yeah. For, I've known Alex forever, man. Alex signed me. That's awesome. He, he, he saw me with Seal. And I nice. was playing a jazz bass, even though I was endorsed by uh, a different company. And he asked me why. It's like, well, they haven't gotten it right. I mean, as much as I've asked them to make. So I'm going to play this until they get it right. Then he signed me. That's awesome. Um, and I had played one of the first jazz deluxes. What's his name? Uh, Mark? He passed away. He had an aneurysm. Really nice guy. Kind of looked like um, Kevin Cronin from REO Speedwagon a little bit. Um, oh, can't remember, but I played the bass and I just found out a friend of mine around the corner actually has it. But, oh, um, wow. Nice. Alan, Alan Kamai, another killer bass player okay. who used to play with Whitney and a bunch of people. Oh, wow. But yeah, Alex had signed me and um, he made my, my fretless jazz that I still, nice. still play. Totally. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, Dan Smith. God rest his soul, okay. who um, Bill Schultz had brought in from Yamaha, who was a Fender guy, because yeah. these were the early investors when they brought Fender back. Mm -hmm. And then Richard McDonald, hmm. who was a senior VP. And um, yeah, Tom Arndt and um, Michael Frank Braun. Yeah. So those are the guys I work with pretty regularly. Gotcha, gotcha. Man. Whether I was testing gear, because I tested a lot of stuff for them, or yeah. offered ideas, or I mean, offered... I Brian was more with like SWR and the acquisition and all yeah, that. Yeah, Brian stuff, was but, doing you know, that, and, yeah. and then Tony was doing that as well with SWR because mm -hmm. they were SWR guys. I was always Fender guy. Yeah, like the um, the two preamp is based off of my Olympic F2B. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I love that preamp. The TB. I love that preamp. TBP one, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a great pre. That's that. That was from my. That voice is from my Olympic F two B. Wow. And the first overdrive was mine, but then, um, Roscoe Beck. Hmm. So the the overdrive section is based more on Roscoe Beck. I tried. It's more fuzz. I tried to get it to be more crunchy so that you could get an svt sound out of it yeah but um you still can you just have yeah. to finagle it a little bit that is so funny man that's yeah. great yeah, and that yeah. Be, that went into the super basement man that's cool
That was a great pre. I love that pre. Like I said, I, I had it for a while. It was good. Yeah, I still have two of them. Nice. That was my gigging pre for a long time. Wow. If you can get a super basement, uh-huh. as much as I hate to say it, <laughs> it's like having a ready inside in the DI section. Yeah. Because okay. it's, a giant, it's a giant transformer. Yeah. So, but it's, hey, it's tell us about the latest ready. Come on, let's hear about it. All right, so the Ready Black, so we know what the Ready sounds, sounds like a B-15, it does. Yes. Ready Black sounds more like an SVT. Wow. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's really punchy, it's 32 dB a gain. Okay. So if you wanted to go directly into a power app, you, you can get- Really? Get something out of it, yeah. Ah. You won't Is get, it in the same footprint as the Ready? It's the exact same thing. Okay. Uh, footprint size it's exactly Everything's the same the same got it's it just the, the gain's different the tone's different okay is uh, the th is the through affected or not affected the through's not affected okay same the as the, same as the regular same as the ready yeah same as the ready you know if the the only the only other way to get um the only other way to get the tone i mean we could do a mod to get the tone out mm -hmm. but i'm not entirely sure if that's Good. No, I was just wondering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, because that, that, that comes up in conversation a lot because uh, a lot of people still don't know how to use it. They're, they'll plug in to the ready, then they'll go out of the through and say, man, it sounds great. I'm like, you're not hearing it. You're not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not hearing it yet. I just would like, you know, when we start gigging again, I, it would be nice to have, you know, the through into an amp and then you've got the sound of the ready. Kind Absolutely. Of, well, Nice. No, have two outputs then. Steve, you got to have a throughput. I'm a big fan of having an unaffected throughput. Yeah. Which? I, yeah, I use two readies. Like when I'm recording in the studio, I use, well, a lot of guys will use the ready too, but I've, I still have the old, the original readies that don't have the throughs. And I use one for a clean signal hmm. and one for my pedal board. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. And then I also, I do presets inside when I'm working in Pro Tools, so I'll, mm -hmm. I'll set, up, set up an aux channel. Mm -hmm. Then I set my compression the way I like, like, uh, let's see if I can do this. What interface are you using, Reggie? Um, the Duet. The Duet, cool, Apogee, nice. Yeah, because I, I, and I have an Apogee one that I gave to my daughter. Okay. Because I'm traveling all the time. Yeah. And <laughs> if I ever need to record like large stuff, I'll just go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but most times I need two channels. Yeah. You know? yep. cool. If I go to record somebody playing piano, like I'll go see Childs and we'll mm. use his piano. Yeah. Take two channels, take a MacBook Pro. Boom. Nice. I used to take, um, Aphex had a mic pre that was 20, 24, 192 with digital outs. Okay. I would take that with a pair of mics with, the, with an old interface, with an old MacBook back in the day. <laughs> you know? um, and it was, was a, a pain in the butt. But the Apogee, yeah. the converters are really good. Yeah. I mean, surprisingly, really, really good. Yeah. You know, and I have all my presets. Like I said, yeah. I have um, 20 different bass presets for different basses that I have when I'm recording. Nice. So run them through the aux and okay. then send the aux to a recording channel. And it also cleans up the timing a lot. Okay. Because you find that you're trying yeah, to, you'll get some sort of latency that you, your body compensates for, and then you end up sounding like you're ahead of the track. Mm. Then you have to send it back a few ticks. But running it through that signal chain, everything's very normal, Interesting. which is really neat. That's yeah. cool.
And I see the blue light of the ready back there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, it's really, I haven't recorded, because we started, we just finished with this, so I haven't recorded with this enough. Okay. But I think it's going to be my go-to as a single from now on. So yeah. the Ready Black, that's available now for people? They can go look at it and go to Ada Well, it's, it's only, you can only get it through A Designs. Nice. So, I love uh, it. Uh, as, soon as, love as soon as Pete puts it on the website, they'll be available. And it's well, a limited run. Oh, it's a limited it. run. I might so, have to talk to Peter. <laughs> yeah, you may have to talk to Peter. I think there's only going to be about 50 of them. Whoa. Well, 49 of them. 49. Ah! Like, yeah, like you're not getting this one back. Yeah. Now, and that one has the unaffected through. That's just regular. They all have unaffected throughs. Okay. All right. So, cool. I mean, I, I Carl Johnson did the mod mm -hmm. on them. And so we could probably come up with a mod. Yeah. If we want to, if someone wants to spend the extra bread to have them drill a hole into your box yeah, yeah. and put a switch in there, which is, yeah. I mean, which can be cool if you have a, if you're playing with a solid state rig that doesn't have a whole bunch of character, yeah, that can be really neat. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's the only only way I could see that would be neat to have, you know, unless you you add a mixer into the chain and then go through the mixer and then go through the, which yeah. I used to do all the time. <laughs> so take the take the because um, was it Steve Robbie? We didn't get along, but. Mm, really he, yeah surprising right <laughs> but he made a when he left when he left swr he started that other company and he had a that that other that th well there's a little line mixer raven labs raven yeah. labs raven right labs. Yeah. so i have a raven labs line mixer with three inputs for three oh. different bases i used to have it for synth bass upright and electric and so I've run three different DIs through it or one DI through it and then send that to my amps. I could have my DI sound as well as send it clean, cleanly to monitors in front of house. That's yeah, cool. but it was the Raven Labs, that's right. Yeah. I mean, he had some interesting products. That headphone app sounded really good, really, you know, people. Oh, uh, yeah. He had some very, um, some ways about them. Well, when I first met him, the SM400 had just come out. And uh, he, I can say it now because this is, I don't know what, 30 years ago? That was at Silmar. I, I, it's yeah. Silmar, right? The SMR, You're not yeah. Matt Dane. Well, he, yes. he, he, um, I had talked to him about putting a, a high pass on mm. because he, about mm. 10, 10 or 15 cycles, these drivers are gone. So it's like a waste of energy and it's beating up the drivers. And he completely blew me off. And I, I was walking through Nam and saw him and then. I think Freddie Washington, Ricky Minor. Um, let's see, um, John um, that used to play with Nancy Wilson. That used to be on Arsenio. Oh, uh, John, uh, John, uh, uh, John. Like, uh, yeah. I uh, can see his face, and yes. my, my brain, my mind escape, it escapes me. Uh, but I mean, it was a John, bunch of them yeah. that were over there. You're a Warwick guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was a Warwick guy. Yeah. Uh, and they'd all grab me and then suddenly I was cool as Steve. Oh man. But it, it didn't didn't matter that I was already playing bass for Stanley when I met him. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, was it Jonathan Higgins? John B. Higgins? John, John B. Williams. John, Williams. John B. John B. Williams. There we go. See? No, John B. Williams. 
the collective brain <laughs> figures it out. There wasn't anything collective about it. I'm in front of my computer. I typed in Arsenio Hall bassist. <laughs> and just yes, he's John B. Yeah, John B. Williams. Great, ah, great guy. There's always a smart one. Super, um, super swinging bass player. Now, and, well, Steve yeah. Robbie was great. I mean, he was just yeah. a brilliant guy. He was like all engineers. They're, they're kooky. Well, mm -hmm. I, I mean, we definitely have him and that team to thank to revolutionize yeah. things for us, especially amplification wise. I mean, I, that, well, David Nord, David Nordschau, and Nordschau, definitely. yeah, David Nordschau for sure. You know, um, you described the typical Nam behavior too. Yeah. Right? You know, that's a like that's a a behavior you only find in. Well, but I didn't meet him at Nam. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. You know, well, you knew him before. Yeah, but yeah. Dave, David, David's really the guy because he's the one that came up with the rheostat and the tweeter yeah. and created that cabinet. That mm -hmm. cabinet was a defining sound because he made all those cabinets for SWR. Yeah. You know. Man, he's a, such a nice guy. That, you know, and I got it. The DNA stuff is great. I've had a couple of them come through. They're, that stuff's good. Yeah, I haven't played through that stuff. I, good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He, and, he and Judy were cool. I, I used to go to Montrose, Minnesota and visit them and you know, oh. drink with them at the VFW. And <laughs> they, they, they were good people, good people. That, that's a, um, have you, do you use any other of uh, A-Design stuff, the, the uh, KGBs? Oh, uh, I don't use the KGBs. I use, um, when I'm recording upright and I take it to the studio, I have a little rig. I, I take a, a Ventura. Yeah. I, and I, I, I run a... I run a, a Dave Perlman FET 47 through it. Oh, nice. For the okay. upright. And then for the transducer, I'll use a P1 going okay. to the BAC, and then I use the EMP EQ. That's the 500 series? Yeah, I use a 503. Got it. You know, so it's a, basically it's a full-on channel strip. That's awesome. The Ventura doesn't have any compression, but when I'm going with using that's, the mic, I'm not really worrying about that. That's my... Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. The Ventura's... It, yeah. It's... It's so good. I, I, yeah, it's, it's super sexy. Yeah. And, um, Tony has the, um, Pacifica, which is Pacific, fantastic. Too. Yeah. When that's what the P1 is, it's a Pacifica and a 500. Series. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But for, for a full on channel strip, that's on, 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 on cymbals, over, drum overheads. Yeah. Yeah. For overheads. That's yeah. oh man. For, for piano, for vibraphone. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, yeah. For for vocals, I mean, the P1 is just great mm. for everything. Yeah. Just great for everything. Um, yeah. I, I'm. Yeah. That's that's my pretty much my setup. The KGB one is really killer too. So if you just have a, without saying, I mean, I don't want to say it like it sounds cheap, but don't have a ton of bread to spend, like where you can't yeah. buy a Ventura. You have a a single channel with three bands of EQ. Hold on. Hold on, kids. Yeah, Trem tremendous box. That's it right there. And I like the KGB two for just a, a stereo. There's yeah, there's Tony. Yeah. and the two channel one is great because it's just two channels of of just killer cinema of transformer. Right, it's, iron, it's a killer know? sound, and it's it's really nice on with keyboards. Yeah, um, I've recorded Rhodes with the KGB. And if try recording Rhodes with your Ready. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's Ooh. It, it'll no, crunch nice, all of it. Clinical, uh, twelve string, twelve string guitar. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. I was, I was surprised, but not surprised. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I, 
Oh man, all just about anything. I'm I'm really comfortable with the sound of all of it. So that's what I use. Um, eventually, I'll get myself a hammer, but I don't mix, yeah. so I don't see the need to have one. I I couldn't mix my way out of a paper bag with an Uzi. I I just can't do it. I don't know, man. I, I think you it's not my thing. Could. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really yeah, totally yeah. not my thing. Yeah. So we'll leave that to Tony Shepard. He's a wizard, man. Yeah, I, Tony Shepard. Uh, Jess Sutcliffe, yeah. who mixed my record and mixed my daughter's stuff. He That's mixed awesome. like a bunch of musicology for Prince. And wow. He used to that... do Vangelis and he did some Stone stuff. Jess is brilliant. And Tony. Yeah. You know, Tony Shepard is all A designs. Guys, all the man, time. Yeah. Yeah. He's great, man. Yeah. The whole team, the whole family. I think I whole... introduced Tony to Peter. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, that's a, I mean, dude, that whole eight is, I mean, all of us are, yeah. We, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, Peter's got some badass recorder producers, man, uh, in his caliber, in his stable, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, it's, and funny, it's still a best kept secret on what the product is, you know? Yeah. It's, it's surprisingly. You know? I just don't want to say because we're artists of it, but there's a thickness. There's a thickness that comes with all of Peter's stuff, man. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. Even the KGB, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there's, 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 on, on, this was good for us, um, you know, any mo any uh, amp modeling. Hmm. I noticed it took amp modeling, and just went. Well, that's that's Carl Johnson. Carl Johnson, yeah, he's a whiz. Created the KGB and created the Ventura. He's a killer guitarist too. Yeah, dude, his fusion stuff is crazy. Yeah. Well, because he's, I mean, he was friends with Zappa and. That's awesome. He's another quirky engineer. Guys yeah. Are... That can play his ass off. Yeah, he can play his ass like, off. He can seriously play. Yeah. But the, it, and I know that, you know, I have the Apollo and I, and I use the uh, Unison stuff and, but there's something about real iron and real circuitry that. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think you're ever going to be able to replace. You can get close. You can still do stuff. As, it, I mean, as long as you have good converters. Yeah. Yeah. Going in and then it's what you use going in. You know. And poop right. in, poop out. That's it. Right. I mean, all of us talk about that recording. It's yeah. if it sounds like ass coming out, you put ass in. That's it. That's it. You know, it's it's really that. You know, that's so, Steve's line: poop in, poop out. Yeah, which makes complete sense. Well, I mean, but they're they're guys that that have a ton of facility. It's yes. it's um, it's their their approach to tone. Stanley yeah. Clark was huge on tone. Mm. Like, I mean, all the years I played on this movie stuff. Yeah. I, I between he and Dan Human, his engineer, I got an understanding of their signal process okay. and how to, and what their signal chain was and how to find my own. Mm. You know, initially with them, I was using a, a Demeter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. DI, a Jensen Mic Pre, custom Jensen Mic Pre to an Innovonics compressor. And a George Massenberg EQ. Oh man, that was a signal chain for the stuff I did with him. Gosh, it's over thirty years ago. <laughs> now I think about it, I'm not going to name what the song stuff is because it's yeah. just really old. <laughs> but that's amazing, though. But I started to learn about really about what the signal chain meant, you know. And then okay. Alan Sides would pull my code, or all the engineers I work with over the years to find what that thing was. Um, who was it that talked me into, I don't know if it was Tony 
or with Stanley or somebody, because when I did um, for a period, I had my own box that I would just plug into the back of the tape machine. Oh. So I was using, um, this is before I met Peter. This is like 90, from 92 to 90, maybe to 2000. Okay. It was a Debitor Pre mm -hmm. with, um, with a DI Jensen? in it. Hmm? Jensen? Yeah. The, 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 the whole Demeter base preamp. Yeah. With a DBX 160A. Yep. And a DBX 120X. Oh. The subharmonic synthesizer, which Whoa. I put in the effect chain and then come out of, take the XLR out and go into the um, 160A and then go to the back of a tape machine. So I could hmm. go to the back of a, we're, like the 3348s and the 3324s were really big back then, as well as um, the Studers. Yeah. You know? Wow. And I would bypass everything. <laughs> but those guys were big on on how how to have take your own sound with you all. Sure. Uh, then I got to a point where I, I it was just a pain. I was working with one producer. He's he insisted on EQing my stuff after that. And so my bass went from a bass to a trumpet. Oh. Hmm. Just, just horrible. Just yeah. suck. Then when this came along, I was, I was good. You're done, yeah. Yeah, it's just like whatever you want to do, just do. I don't care. I know that I'm giving you a great signal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah. I if you mess it up, it's on you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, especially while doing all the remote stuff. Like, I think all of us have been doing a lot more remote stuff than before. You know, it's been nice. Mm -hmm. and Oh, yeah. And exploring that signal chain and having your sound, like that's here. I recorded the best that I could, the best sound. I'm giving it to you. Now it's up to you. You know? Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. What, when whatever the tone is, whatever the tone is required for the song. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yep. Like whether it's an upright or like, I have a Jack Cassidy I love playing. Oh, those things are great. Yeah, they're really sexy. Yeah. And I, I have, I had a single, an old, I bought another old Vox, so I gave it to my daughter. She uses it, but it's single pickup, a uh, single cutaway. It was, you know, nice. they they just have that tone, you know. So going through the ready and then creating the sound, you, whatever the sound was, as long as you give a good signal to to your client mm -hmm. is what is what counts. Yeah, not necessarily your sound, no. but the sound that fits the song. Well, yeah, different bases and yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and string wise, what are you, you said stainless steel. That's kind of I I love stainless steel. What what strings are you using now, Reggie? Um, I still have my old batches. Okay. <laughs> um, well, Diderio started making strings for Fender, so I have some of them. But I still have the batches. Fender used to make their own strings for a period of time, okay. mm -hmm. and they did really, really, really well. Hmm. Unfortunately, I, I guess it wasn't profitable. I wish I had known that because I would have bought all the spring winding machines. They just left them out to get Whoa. rusted. I would have bought them all. Yeah. No. So my, my string setup when, when I was with Fender, when they made, like you do the standard 45 to 105, like these are for the four string bases. Okay. Mm -hmm. And stainless steel round mm -hmm. core. Um, then for, for my five string, it was a 135 taper wound, oh. mm -hmm. 110, 85, okay. 65, 45. And I had an asymmetrical neck. 
and I would um, top load the top three strings and the B and the E I would back load. Okay. Oh. I've done so, that. Yeah, and it's, it was really cool. It, you know, I had the tension that I needed from everything. Mm -hmm. I had the warmth in the character and I use a hip shot on the five string as well. So when I, low a. I still had the piano like brilliance because it was taper wound, it had low A. Okay. Yeah, yeah the bass was, was designed with things in mind. The five string was designed for guys that had played four string all their life. Mm -hmm. You know, we, with an asymmetrical neck, it made it more comfortable for those guys. Sure. And <laughs> having the hip shot was cool for the guys that play gospel. Yeah. Because yeah. they would tune down a lot. Yeah. And, um, and for me, because I, I wanted that, I, that low A, or if I wanted a, an F sharp, yeah. I could have it. You know? And <laughs> having the 135 with the taper wound allowed me to have the tension that I needed without having it to be obtrusive or funky. Like in 84, I used to test strings for Rich Coco. Oh, wow. Because mm -hmm. uh, I, I got my first Federa in 84. You know, I had known Vinny and Joey back then. Um, mm -hmm. And I had I was testing 140s, 145s. Oh God! Yeah, they they were they were beasts. They were beasts. Yeah. But uh, started to learn. You learn about what works and what doesn't. Yeah. I, I, I how I learned that nickel really doesn't work for me. Mm. It works for a lot of guys. Sonically, for me, I'm not a fan. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a bump at around 3k mm. that I have to work to get out separately. Like most jazz basses, if you want to get that sort of groovy sound and they, they put a dip in, right? So usually the dip is about 1K. Mm -hmm. If you're playing with a, a PJ and you want to get that same kind of sound, the dip is about 2K. Mm -hmm. So dealing with a 2K dip at a third of an octave plus another 3K dip just to get rid of that, that sort of obtrusive bite and then still get the crystalline shine, it's like it's a lot of extra work. Mm -hmm. So if I just put the stainless steel strings on, I can avoid like two or three steps. Feel-wise, you like the steel better too. Just oh the, yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah. But but my my technique yeah. is as such that it 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 doesn't matter. And yeah. I've been playing upright since I was a kid, so yeah. I I can't feel my fingertips. <laughs> right, <laughs> I, I could be playing barbed wire. I, I don't care. Yeah, do you have a heavy right hand, Reggie. P pardon me. Do you have a heavy right hand. Do you play hard? I play whatever I need to for the song. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So I, I can play really really hard. I can play really delicate. Like you, but you're native playing. Like if you're playing for yourself, if you're playing uh, a funk tune at 120 beats per minute, you playing. If it's my song, it depends on what I want for that song. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. You know, okay. it's from for me. It's it's all about what does the song like. Yeah. Right. So what does the bass like? What does the song like? Mm -hmm. you know, that's 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 how I treat it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if I have to play, you know, you know. <laughs> you know, yeah. I have to play like that or. You know. yeah. If I have to play light or soft, it's whatever the music, whatever is dictated for the music. Cool. So I change my technique according to what's necessary for the song to make yeah. the song yeah. the best I can, as opposed to me bringing me to it. That's cool. Gotcha. Nice. It's my quirky thing. Because sometimes no, I, you're playing with I mean, the that pick. That makes sense. You know, I mean, I tend to play 
I'll change up, but natively I, I play a little harder than average, you know yeah, what I mean? You tend to play a little harder than average. <laughs> you just got called out, Tony. I think I did, yeah. It happens often in this group. Right. <laughs> you should just own it. You should just own it and just be like, yeah. I like to attack the strings a little heavier than most. But no one's going to judge him for that. Yeah. But That's I will the play of sound. But I will say that I, I, you know, Tony and I, you know, we all talk and chat. Tony, you, you had a couple of sessions where you played and, you know, I'm sure you served the song, you know. Oh, you, yeah. I, you know, it's, as, if it's a pop gig, I am yeah. backing off what I do. You know what I mean? If it's a ballad, I'm backing off even more. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm just. It, it's funny. See, that's reverse for me. I tend up having to play harder on a ballad for a particular type of tone. And harder on the pop gigs. The jazz gigs tend to be lighter. Ah, uh, okay. Because you, you can't you can't beat an upright to death. They they, they just don't like it. Right. If you play really hard, you just end oh, up well, choking see, it. Yeah. yeah you I'm, know, I'm, I'm not really an upright player, so for me it would be like, you know, playing playing a five and, and normally if like and it's a funk fusion thing, you know, I'm not playing like the yeah, average fusion guy. I kind of play a little harder you know just yeah. just that's how i feel like can yeah. get the most out of my own technique you know mm -hmm. but yeah. um, you know and then hand position for me too if it's a pop gig or a ballad my i tend to play further back but for those gigs or song of that nature i'm moving my hand up close to the neck you know right so. yeah there there are different guys that, that have those those approaches like alex blake you guys remember him Mm -mm. He used to play with uh, Lenny White and play with Manhattan Transfer. Oh, man. That's him on the uh, the Vocalese record, if memory oh. serves. And he's on Astral Pirates. Okay. Uh, he tended to play harder, played in Olympic. He's a guy that used to do, uh, he did a lot of the, um, yeah. the, the strum stuff before Stanley. Really? That's cool. You know. Um, a la school days kind of thing like kind yeah of. but but you'll hear it on astral pirates really yeah you'll mm -hmm. definitely hear him playing okay. on astral pirates this is wow. educational i'm going to be checking out a bunch of different things after Heck yeah man mm -hmm. this is... but he he played harder you know marcus marcus plays hard he can play soft he does what yeah whatever's required you know yeah mm -hmm. um, guys like larry graham graham played hard yeah lewis uh, johnson lewis johnson played incredibly hard just, just. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could see it, you know. Oh man, he was upper body moved, you know. Yeah, yeah. Thunder thumbs, man. Thunder so thumbs. amazing. Unbelievable studio player. Dude, unbelievable. Had his own way of writing stuff down. Yeah. If you get the the first Brian McKnight solo record, Lewis Johnson sounds breathtaking. Yeah. Didn't breath he play? Didn't he play on the first Anita Baker record too? I think, I don't know if he did. I know Haslip did and Nathan East did. I I thought for, yeah. I th or Lewis, maybe the second Lewis one may or have. something. Yeah, and that's, he may I mean, be on one of them. Yeah, but he, and he played on a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. And dude, Nathan, Nathan's. Yeah, Nathan Has Haslip too. Yeah, Haslip's, you know. yeah, yeah. Has Haslip, well, I, he, we go way back. When I first got into town, Haslip and Abe Laborio oh. were getting me gigs and they didn't even know me. They're just trying to hook me up. That's and I was awesome. just, you know, yeah, twenty-two, twenty-three, or something like that. That's so cool. They're trying. I mean, they're just so. They're all good people. To Haslip. 
yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. What's it? What's what's this? Remember this? No, it's uh, it's... Yellow Jackets. Ah. Uh, mm. Early, early, like the first Haslip record with uh, Ricky Lawson on drums. Oh, so good, man. God rest his soul. Yeah, I know. So good. What one of my favorite Four Corners is one of. Oh, is that a Will? I think so. It's it's the one that just had. It, it's almost like a concept jazz album. That it, yeah, it, it's just yeah, yeah. They went more that way at a certain oh, point. Like instead of like the Robin Ford Menage a Trois and all those, the, you know the. But it was I, just so Four Corners is just for me. I just you see the performances album. at Nam last year that uh, House Lip was like one of the top performances. So you know, like when I forget which blog was talking about it but they mm. like like overwhelmingly like he was right up there you know? oh yeah and, i mean when you think of like uh that group of guys they they're all still crushing it yes so it's the the class of 1951 so jimmy haslip was born in 51 mm -hmm. jocko stanley yeah. clark alfonso johnson oh. um kenny wilde mm. who played with um Seawind, okay. Who who plays on? Who did um, the Simpsons for years? Animaniacs, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Uh, Pete wow. was born in '51. That's yeah. that's that whole class of '51. You, did you guys know Pete was a pro bass player for a long time? I knew he played, but I didn't know he was a pro bass player. No, tell us. Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. He he worked. Uh, when when we when we do the when we release the ads for for the for the Ready Black. I'll post a picture of it. Please do. Yeah. Oh man. That. Yeah. I mean, he was touring with Jan and Dean, and really. Oh yeah. Yeah, heck of a bass player and a saxophonist. Man. He's trying to get him to play now. You know, it's like. A pulling I always team. knew he was talented, so but I, I was like, God, what do you, you know? And he's so modest. That's the thing. I super, love him. super he's modest, so super humble guy. Humble, modest. Gosh, totally chill. Love yeah. the guy. Yeah. You know. But one of the, I mean, he's. In, in this community, he's just one of he's one of the guys, one of the best people in this. Oh, yeah. I, you know, yeah, he's, he's he's a good man. Yeah, he's family to me. Yeah, he's he's a beautiful person. Love that guy. He's yeah. incredible. Yeah. What um you, what you, what do you have planned right now, Reggie? I know we're kind of in this limbo with stuff. What you've um? Well, I mean, I still do I do sessions from here. People send me tracks. Okay. Uh, Play, send them out through WeTransfer. Yeah. Pay me through PayPal. It's pretty simple. Um, Love it. I haven't been teaching a lot. Okay. Because it's uh, it's really personal to me. Because I'm sure I could charge just the right amount of money and have a lot of students, but that's not. It's not yeah. cool. <laughs> and it's uh, I'll I, I'll leave the price high. And if you really want to learn something, then I'll give you way more than what you're paying for, kind sure. of thing. Um, but uh, shedding, yeah, working on my record, um, <laughs> which is which is gonna I'm pretty excited about. I'm pretty That's excited cool. about. And you're, you did you have how many records did you have out? I only have one out, and it's really old. Okay, well, uh, what's the name of it? It's called My Village. Um, okay. Childs is on it. Uh, nice. Sheila E's on it. Wow. George Duke's on it. Kurt Pescara, Dino Saldo, uh, James Hara. All right, we'll have to look for it. The, 
So we'll have to look for that. And the other thing I'm going to look for, I'm going to start searching out and try to find one of your signature bases. Just if you can, if you can. What's that? There's one on reverb. It's a four string. Oh. I think it's sitting around eight. Oh, that's, that's from Mexico. Yep. Mexico. Yeah. That's still. There is a custom shop one I saw on it too that I think is closer to like 36. Yeah. yeah. If you can find those, those they're hard to find. The, <laughs> the trick is finding one that hasn't been modified. Okay. If you can find one that has been modified, it's great. Because a lot of people will mod them because they don't know how to use them, how to get a sound. What are they modding, Reggie? What are, what are they using? Sometimes they'll put an Aguilar preamp in. Sometimes they'll change the pickups and they'll do all sorts of bizarre stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I've had to use that bass on three or 400 records. Wow. Right. Wow. Maybe 2,000 sessions without Ooh. it with it being absolutely stunning. So yeah. I've never had a problem with it. And the stock pickups are what? The Alnico, Fender, Alnico? Stock pickups are Alnico. Mm -hmm. I think uh, we were using Alnico 3 oh, in the bridge. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wiring with uh, the original pickup, we were wiring with 42 wire because I sat with Bill Turner. Okay. You know, I tried wire, winding my own, um, <laughs> which is a long and arduous process. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. But uh, yeah, we. Yeah, but I, oh yeah, I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing it since I was twelve. <laughs> it was that's pain in the butt, man. Yeah, and it's very delicate and have yeah. to be just right. But uh, yeah, we were doing forty-two wire with four thousand windings. Okay. Hmm. You know, and that's then we started getting into the N threes, so I replaced sure. them and put N threes in, and uh, it it sounds spectacular. I I can't yeah. complain. I can't complain. Me personally, because the I asked the guys at Fender for for the Mexican line and for a lot of their new line. The guitars look really beautiful, but you know the finish is thick, and they did it for the sake of aesthetics, mm -hmm. not for tone. So if you find one of these jazz basses, or if you make one, strip it down to the alder and just do a clear coat on it. The bass will sound ten times better. Yeah. Like I have um, the mule of mm -hmm. the five string. Okay. The mule of the four string got stolen. Uh, in 2003, Fender had a break in. Mm. Uh, and I think it was an inside job. Yes, I'm saying it aloud. And they stole eight instruments, like some Benedettos, oh. which are really expensive. They knew what they were going for. Oh, they knew what they were going for because yeah. they stole like three or four Benedettos, three or four custom strats, something else, oh. and one bass. The bass they stole was the mule. Wow. Which a bunch of guys said, man, I would steal this bass. It's so perfect. And yeah. I was supposed to get that because I, it was perfect. Mm. You know, I mean, it didn't look like anything, but it sounded amazing. So I would recommend stripping, stripping it. it. Yeah. Highly well, the, recommend the, stripping it. And you said the U.S. ones are nitro finish? U.S. ones are nitro finish. Okay. Yeah. But if you do one clear coat of nitro, yeah, ends up looking like the bass player from the gong show, fine. <laughs> he was cool. Like, I don't know who that dude was, but he played his butt off. I love so the gong show. Look him up now, too. We're going to have to look that up. Yeah, dude, the gong he... show was one of the best things ever, man. That Chuck house Barris. band was rocking. Did you ever read <laughs> Chuck Barris's I saw the movie. No, no, no. He had a he had another auto was it not an autobiography? It was the Cinderella show? Or I read it like years ago. 
in the early 80s. Yeah, there was another book before. um, Yeah. Something, something of a conscious. Didn't he say he was, he was like. CIA agent. Yes. Like, Like, (laughs) he was all these different things. I love it, man. It's so awesome. But there's a book before that that's a fantastic read. I just can't remember what it is right now. Imagine him as your neighbor. Imagine Chuck. What, spitting all the time? Just imagine if, you know, like Chick Barris was your neighbor, right? You know what I mean? Like, that would be interesting. That would probably be really funny. Fun. Lots of crazy It's like having Carl Reiner as your neighbor. Oh, man. (laughs) Those guys. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, like, like, hey, Reggie, tell us your socials. Where can everyone find you, man? Oh, you mean like online or? Yeah, on the line, on the interwebs. On on those webs? On those webs, I'll put it, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, my my nephew runs my Instagram page. Okay. So occasionally I'll send him some content if he really bugs me about it. And I know there's a Facebook fan page, but I I seldom deal with any of that stuff. I know I should. My daughter was doing it for a while and my nephew was doing it, but I, I I know I'll have to. I'll uh, I'll search it out and I'll put the Instagram and I'll put the Facebook. Do you have a uh, and website also? You have Reggie Hamilton. Yeah, re- redoing re- redoing it. So okay, it, it was old and and uh, somebody else did the type. They you know it's like the bass player's bass player. It was like really cheesy. It, it's just it was, <laughs> I mean, it was like that's okay. You know, it it just needs a little revamping. But I'll I'll put a I'll put the link and all that kind of yeah, stuff. It needs man. a ma- it needs a master vamp. You know. Oh, that's funny. So, well, so I'll get that done and stuff like that. But. You know, you're working, so you don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. You're working. <laughs> That's it. That's I'm it. working. I've been there. <laughs> I'm working. He's like, I'm, I'm not even thinking about it. Yeah. I want to hear more about Jonathan's five string with a 32-inch scale. 24 frets? Uh, yeah. Let me see if I can I can pull up a couple of uh, pictures here. Well, your Hilton is 32. Your Hilton's, Hilton's a short 32 as well. Yeah. And I selfishly did that so we could, so GHS would be forced to make a medium scale five string set. <laughs> I so love that one. 32 inch scale. That one's right here, Reggie. Oh, that's sexy. That's always oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that is a mahogany body, uh, walnut top, and everything. And actually, it's a mahogany neck. Oh, nice. Two. So, and then uh, Kent Armstrong. Pickups, uh, Aguilar OBP3. Nice. Nice. Yeah, Federa is actually doing a 32-inch scale headless for me right now. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. For, tra- for travel's sake. And I'll wow. do uh, two J pickups. Oh, nice. Why not. So are you short scale, guys? It makes me nervous. Well, I have a 36-inch scale Federa 12-string as well. Whoa. Now, now we're uh, talking. Yeah. I don't know if that it weighs 20 pounds, literally. So oh, that's what is, the new one will look the... like. It's, it's, uh, let me see. I, oh, that's pretty. That's yeah. Awesome. That, that is that'd be awesome. fun to play. So is your 12 string three doubled up? Four? No, it's a double six. Oh, oh. nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> let me see if I have it. I love that it. Man. like a beast. It's, it's, uh, well, I mean, my five-string upright is a beast, too, you know. Oh, man, for sure. Woo! There you go. Wow. Is that uh, a full-size? Is that a 4.4? Four, four? It's a 7.8. Oh, wow. It's yeah, a that's, big 7.8. That's big. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, and you, 
And you said that one, is that one a Romanian? Like a Colstein brought No, up? no, no, that's Italian. Yeah. That's Italian, it's, okay. It's Italian made with, uh, with quilted poplar. Ooh, mm. nice. Uh, it's, it's a really gorgeous base. Mm. That's the... Uh, Woo! Oh, look at that. Wow. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Wow. So it's an Anthony Jackson presentation in a 12 string. Yeah. And yeah. that's my other. Oh. I hey. love it. Wow. Yeah, no, nothing on there. I love it. Nothing on there, just, just hands. Play the bass. <laughs> Make yep. it sound the way it sounds. Play the bass. Well, you got to, I mean, you know, Federa, Ken Smith, Carl Thompson. I mean, those guys were like, uh, along with the SWR guys, I mean, these are yeah, just the... monumental in in our instruments growing and those guys were like i have a 1990 ken smith bt5 oh yeah and it just those i mean those are the guys that we have to thank you know anthony jackson and the likes to for Jimmy stuff johnson that, yeah for stuff that we can just bias we have to, we michael Mike. tobias yeah Mike. so the godfather they call these, him right yeah. yeah i mean these all these guys are like the godfathers like paved the way that innovated for what we have now that is everywhere yeah. you know i mean now you can get these cheapy whatever court uh, yeah i don't know you know or or the there's a the korean copies now there's like yes. korean copies of federa's and ken smith's mm -hmm. uh, it's something um, that trev wilkinson's working on i mean it's it's admirable that people can get those instruments that could normally afford them yeah the drag is it's like you're infringing on somebody's you're right you know and there's always yeah yeah yeah, and there's always going to be that that struggle where, yeah, I can get a two hundred dollar Federa, but it's not. <laughs> it's, it's it's crap. It's yeah. It, well, it it definitely takes some work to make it into something. Yeah, you know, I just, yeah. it's like come up with your own idea instead of ripping off. Right. Yeah, it's 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 just a drag for me because you know, I've known Ken Smith a long time and I knew yeah. Vinny and Joey working for them and mm -hmm. you know. It's, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, who, so. do you want a clone of you walking around for like two hundred bucks? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like said. multiplicity. Yeah, it's the it's more like clones you get, the more, <laughs> the worse that they get. The worse it all gets, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you open up a dark glass that says, "Make your own shit." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, Jimmy Capolo, Oliva Capolo, you know, he is so. He's one of the guys. I mean, he's just a master luthier, and he, you know, he's he's he, he's making the bass his way. Yeah. yeah, and he and he, you know, puts on there, you know, has little, uh, you know, encryptions and and stuff. Where like, yeah, like basically, make your own shit. Like, yeah, come up with something. So, yeah, yeah thankfully, he's, big yeah. fan of that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's nice. why that's why I like Pete. Dude, Pete's the best man. Anything we can all do to help that guy, man. He's he's. Yeah, He's you guys know Kush Audio makes. Um, they make a ready plug-in and they make a hammer plug-in. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Very so cool. Something to check out as well for anybody that's listening in. Could, uh, K U S H. Yeah. Kush Audio. Okay. Hmm. Nice. Are they are they in California? It almost sounds like <laughs> G G. Hmm. Humboldt County or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh they, man, they, they make great stuff. That's cool. We'll check them out, man. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, yeah, this has been this has been incredible, Reggie. We oh man, thank yeah, you very much. Me. 
I, gas. Yeah, this is fun. Now we've all got a listening list too of all these awesome Dude. classical bassists. To oh gosh, there's I so much homework. stuff. There's yeah. so much. There's, there's so much music out there. There's so much stuff. Yeah, you know. Reggie, do you? Uh, are you? Uh, I'm sure uh, Robert Glasper. I like Glasper. Man, I, oh, D- Derek. Derek. Yeah, Derek he's a Hodge. good. He's a good guy. Uh, that he, when I heard the live version of Teen Spirit, I just yeah, I, I still. Derek is an awesome orchestral player as well. Yes, he's incredible. Yeah, he's, he's just done an incredible a, bass player. He's done a couple of things with Robert Glass where they just duets, double mm-hmm. bass and piano, and it's just like just yeah. next level. Anyways, sorry, not to. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Derek, Derek is awesome. I've yeah. known him a while. He, yeah. Before he was doing Glasper, at mm-hmm. first, I there was a Queen Latifah tour that I couldn't do, and so Hodge started doing it, and then wow. I would sub for Hodge on it. That's yeah. cool. Man, I think there's talented. so much to talk about with Reggie that we have to have him on again sometime. We got to have you on again, Reggie. Yeah, sure. We'll talk about completely different stuff next time. Yes. Amen. All right, guys. Well, at this time, we stop recording, but we stay on. So don't hang up because we still talk crap. But mm-hmm. um, Big Bottom Crew, Reggie, thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me. It's All right. Absolutely. Next time, hold on a second. Absolutely.